City of Heroes podcast, episode 19. Welcome to the City of Heroes podcast, a resource for the casual heroes gamer. Your hosts, Chooch and Viv, are here to explain basic and advanced features of COH, as well as give tips and answer your questions about this great MMO. Welcome to episode 19 of City of Heroes Podcast. I'm Viv. And I'm Chooch. What up, dog? <laughs> so we had two back-to-back episodes mm-hmm. with villainy goodness yes. or villainy badness. Mm-hmm. And so we've got a lot of news this week. We were going to do a feature cast. What we're going to do is a newscast. And mm-hmm. if there's time, we're going to do a little, little bite of a feature at the end. Yeah. So let's get to it. Shall we? We shall. Okay. First of all, news. One of the news items is regarding the full issue of I-12 Power Set Proliferation. And someone had made a comment, Wraith Nor, Mal, on the boards on March 28th, saying the only reason I see Brutes getting super reflexes is to fight 40-plus longbow with their sonic grenades. It's still counterintuitive, though. It's not going to build Fury as fast as a resist set. And Castle says, incorrect. It doesn't matter if the attacker hits the brute or not for Fury generation, mm. just that he has attacked the brute. So that was something I didn't realize about oh, wow. Fury, is it's just if they're attacked, not if mm-hmm. they're hit. But then I wouldn't know that because I'm not an uber villain. <laughs> <laughs> so next we have in the thread, I-12's improved character creator. We have Jasmine Strega saying, With the power information, will there be a way to view this info outside of the character creation or leveling up? Possibly more detailed information on our enhancement screen or with the hover over on your powers tab? Mm -hmm. And the answer is, the detailed power info will be available in the power selection screen, the level up screen, Mm -hmm. the respec screens, enhancement screens, and as another tab on the info window for powers. Oh, awesome. So you're not going to have to wait to go run up and talk to, you know, Luminary or anybody. It's mm-hmm. just there. Very cool. And then on March 31st from Lighthouse, we have a post that says, Just to clarify for everyone, to my knowledge, there are no new costume items added. This is for I-12. Mm-hmm. The sets from the pull-down are just the collection of all items in that list. And this is the character creator revamp that we talked about last episode. Right. For example, if you want to have all the, quote, steampunk items, say to start and tweak your character from there, then it will select all of those for you. But it does not mean that there are items for every slot in that set, just that it puts what available costume items there are on your character. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then we have someone asking, what does the real numbers window show for minions and pets out of curiosity? And the answer is, it shows what powers they have. If you click one of the powers in their list, it expands, ex- sorry, expands to show all of its detailed information, too. 
And then aid self-discussion thread on April 1st, someone said that I have not seen one dev hint that they realize invulnerability needs help or even where it lays lays in the priority of things. Castle responds, I don't think invulnerability needs help in PVE in the general case. PVP? Different story. Specific instances in PVE? Different story. By the way, here's something I don't think has ever been publicly stated before, but it's true. Masterminds were meant to be the tanker equivalents on villain side, not brutes. Hmm. Brutes tend to overperform compared to what the original design was. They were meant to be closer to scrappers than to tankers. That mindset has evolved quite a bit based on how players are actually playing, but that was the original idea. And before things go south, no, we aren't planning any changes based on that. I just wanted to offer a bit of the behind-the-scenes insight. Wow. Cool. We have another post. Two questions. One of the listed features was real numbers before picking powers. So I'm guessing we can see those numbers while training. However, can we look at the real numbers for powers not available? If I'm considering a new set, I not only want to know what the first or second tier attacks do... I want to see what the ninth tier does while I'm still in the character creation. If I can't, well, still a vast improvement over what we have. Consider it a feature request. Hmm. And then someone else says, based on what I'm seeing in the screenshots, looks like that will be possible. The example shows numbers for Vengeful Slice, which appears to be unavailable from the power choice selection. And of course, the answer is, as we know, yes, as the powers stuff is functioning in our alpha builds, you can mouse over any of the powers in the primary and secondary and see the number of those powers. And that's what you see in what we had talked about in the last episode, Mm -hmm. the screenshots that I showed you. You could see all that. So all good stuff. And that was from Lighthouse. And then we have the prank, the City of Heroes prank. (laughs) On April 1st, they announced visual sounds. (laughs) (laughs) And this was just basically saying that um, it was based on the comic book staple of onomatopoeia or the use of word to replace a sound. Pow and kaboom are the standard examples. Mm Mm-hmm. And so their thought was that sometimes you forget to purchase speakers or headphones. Our market is those gamers who want a full gaming experience without having to listen to the game. (laughs) And of course, you know. So saying that they were going to overlay kapows and bams over the action. Mm -hmm. And even Posse (laughs) says, I've always been an advocate of using the theater of the mind. When you read a book, you give characters their own voices. And when you watch a movie based on that book, you can't help but be disappointed when what your mind came up with was better. That's the way this system works. Whatever sounds we put into the game can't compare to what you imagine with your own mind, so why even try? (laughs) (laughs) I'm really cute. I think our prank was better. So, (laughs) at least by the response we've gotten. (laughs) And then, of course, it ends with, we hope you enjoyed this April 1st news item, and April 1st is a link. It's a hyperlink that takes you to the wiki page for April Fool's Day. So if anybody okay. had clicked on that link, they would have gotten, if they didn't already figure it out, right. <laughs> they would have gotten it. <laughs> and so um, we have a post from Positron on April 3rd at 6.50 p.m. saying, in case you got this far or only found this through the dev tracker, visual sounds are not going into the game. <laughs> we are not deleting all the sounds off your hard drive. This was NC NorCal's internet prank for April 1st. So Mm -hmm. on April, the evening of April 3rd, and I'm telling you, this thread went on for like 65 pages. So over 650 posts on this. (laughs) Ow. 
I mean, ow. <laughs> That's just painful. Mm-hmm. And then on April 2nd, we have from Dark Watcher a post saying, Known issue bug with targeting a friend's target. Currently, there are different ways that the game calculates if a critter you are trying to target is a valid target for you. The difference lies between the ability to target enemies directly and being able to target enemies by assisting a friend. This can cause problems where a player can target an enemy, but their friend assisting them cannot tell what target has been selected. Mm-hmm. For example, you want to assist your brute teammate to target a Rickty in a mothership raid. While you can see the target and would otherwise be able to select it, but because targeting a target of your friend works differently, the target your brute has is not valid for you. We are currently working on solutions to this problem. As a workaround, players who are doing the targeting, like the brute in the above example, may use perception-boosting powers, such as leadership powers or accuracy inspirations, to allow their friends to view what their target is by assisting them. Thank you for your understanding. So if you're having that problem, pop a couple yellows. And then our next one is a continuation of that thread from QuickMind. And he says, In Siren's Call, I'm not able to assist my pets, but everywhere else I can, though I haven't tried other PvP zones. And, of course, Dark Watcher replies, Assist does not work in PvP zones, to my knowledge. Which I didn't know. Yeah, neither So, but then we don't spend that much time in True. PvP, so let's not act like we know so. <laughs> <laughs> Another thread, why doesn't slash poison fit hero side? And the original post was, looking for the reason someone said it didn't fit thematically, but my Google foo sucks. It just seems funny that you can hit people over the head with a big sword, use giant spikes to pin them to the ground, summon a demon to follow you around, mind control, mind control someone to attack their friends, set someone on fire, shoot them with guns, shoot them with arrows, encase someone in stone, scare someone so much they cower in terror, encase them in blocks of salt, ice, etc. So, um, why doesn't spitting in an enemy fit? <laughs> Poison. Right. And so Castle replies... First, um, oh, he made a D&D comment earlier and said that was a joke, but he says, Poison as a hero set. Guess what? It will not be ported over directly. Something equivalent probably will at some point, but I'm not even promising that. Others have stated that this was only the first pass at power set proliferation, so you can assume what you like when and if such, such a thing will happen. Third, power boost, power buildup, destroy balance, and other such powers. Yeah, I hate them. They cause me headaches. If I could remove them all together, I would. I can't do that. Well, I could, but it would fall into the, quote, very bad category of things to do. <laughs> if and when we get around to doing a EPP slash VPP balance pass, these powers will be looked at. Castle. And then we have a post called, um, in a thread for a day at NCNC, and it's by Demo Dand. And I don't <laughs> know if I'm pronouncing that right. How did you pronounce it? The one he, when you read about him before? Demo Dand. Demo Dand. Hi, guy. So his quote is, If back alley brawlers' acrobatic maneuvers were videotaped, they need to be YouTubed post-haste. Much bab ruling would ensue. And then Bab replies, Sadly, it would look a lot like this. And then his hyperlink says, Not a Rick Roll, I swear. <laughs> and so when you click on it, it's actually to that YouTube video of the um, healthy-sized boy that is videotaping himself doing the Jedi training. Do you know uh, what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Star Wars kid. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars kid. It cracked me up. Then I was really glad when I read the next thread that was going on. Mm-hmm. It was really not fun. 
whole thing going on. So I was really glad that I had that nice little chuckle before I got to <laughs> it. Because next, of course, is the optional in-game advertising comes to Paragon <laughs> City. And it has been a hellacious <laughs> yeah, roll going on in the forums. Woof. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, heard it, or cried about it yet, on April 3rd, we have an announcement saying that leading independent game advertising provider Double Fusion has entered an agreement with NCSoft, the leading developer and publisher of online computer games, to represent the successful comic book-inspired, massively multiplayer online game City of Heroes. Double Fusion will provide the technology and Salesforce to bring brands into the popular online role-playing game, which takes place in a modern urban setting, an ideal environment for unobtrusive, optional in-game advertising. And then there's a statement that you can read by Brian Clayton. And then there's a press release. And then there's a Cape Radio thingamajiggy that they did with um, Posse and Brian Clayton. And holy cow, the flood <laughs> that this unleashed. Yeah. Yeah. So let me give you some notes before we comment on that. One of them was the thing by uh, Brian Clayton. I didn't, I'm not putting the whole thing in here. There were a couple pieces that caught my eye. He says, I should make it clear that we are extremely protective of our City of Heroes game experience. Only contextually relevant ads or branding that the development team approves will go into the game. We will be very careful not to break the immersion and feel of Paragon City or the Rogue Isles. Additionally, we are a teen-rated game by the ESRB, and we will not be playing any mature ad content like alcohol, tobacco, etc. Sorry, Troy, no porn. (laughs) And then then later on he says, "Um, so how far do we plan to take these optional in-game ads? Initially, we're limiting ads to the exact same fictitious billboard placements that are already in the game. To get a better idea of this, check out the screenshot examples. And they estimate estimate that it'll go live sometime this summer. Mm-hmm. But it's optional. You can opt out. People really resent this. We have one person saying, so I can opt out, huh? Sure, I can. For now. Tell me, Lighthouse, when will the opt-out option be either A, made an option completely, customers have to pay an additional fee for or B, removed completely. And actually, Positron replied to this and said, A, never. B, never. Unless we completely remove optional in-game ads and thus don't need the option anymore. (laughs) So, what do you think about the in-game advertising? (laughs) Optional advertising. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't bother me because it is optional Mm -hmm. and that is strictly... How much do you trust in CSoft to stand behind that optional piece? Right. Um, within our forums, there was a lot of discussion about it. Mm-hmm. And something that a few people had brought up is that, you know, this, this is a way to make money. And they put in the press release that, you know, they're trying to ramp up their staff and to be able to ramp up faster. This is another revenue stream. Right. And so somebody had, had written in there, you know, hey, any any revenue stream that doesn't come out of my pocket... Mm-hmm. Is great because we get improvements, mm-hmm. and other people are saying, "Well, I would much rather pay a couple extra bucks a month than have some kind of advertising go in." Mm-hmm. And to me, imagine if they made this announcement and said, "Okay, there's going to be ads in the game, mm-hmm. unless you pay an extra two dollars a month, you can oh my not see them." Right? That would be horrid. Yeah, or just a rate bump. Mm-hmm. Period. Which would make it cost prohibitive for some people. Some people are barely able to eat yeah. out that $15. Or bank. a rate bump with that option of, or pay two bucks extra and you don't get them. So, right. you know, that would, I think, would come off much more negatively I in agree. the 
fact that it is completely optional that you can turn it off, I don't really see what the harm is at all. And for me, the current billboards and posters in the game Mm -hmm. are kind of campy and kind of funny Mm -hmm. the first few times you go through. But they're always static. They never change. And they're pretty much invisible now. And I wouldn't mind new stuff to look at as I'm traveling from one place to another. Yeah. I don't know. Since as long as you trust that they are going to keep it on text relative as far as that can go and that they're always going to leave it optional, I don't have a problem with it. And I didn't put it in here, but there's, it's going to be Positron and another guy that are deciding ad by ad what goes in the game. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they've delegated it to their marketing department. Mm-hmm. Positron himself and then another person are going to actually be making these on a case-by-case basis. So mm-hmm. I have more trust in that. If they'd said, we trust our marketing department, then I'd be like, no, <laughs> no, never trust your marketing department. Well, and that's not fair to say, but, you know, it's yeah. just, it. I don't think it would keep the immersion factor that everybody's really trying to hold on tight to right i'm with i'm and we haven't talked about this so this isn't like we just compared notes or anything Mm -hmm. like that i don't really care that much either i don't want to see a rate increase because we have our tween that pays for it out of his allowance and his money's very you know hard to come by for Mm -hmm. him and um i i don't mind the in-game advertising if it becomes obtrusive i'll shut it off initially i'm going to have it in there because i want to see what they do with it Mm -hmm. so that we can talk about it here but yep I don't have I don't have a problem with it if that makes me a noob or a fool or somebody in the forums was actually saying and I don't remember who or what thread or anything but I remember seeing somebody saying does anybody think it's suspicious that we have all these people that are so positive about the in-game advertising I bet that it's NCSoft staff Oh jeez you know and there Conspiracy was and, theory. and now it's all very <laughs> suspicious and tainted so you know I'm not working for NCSoft trust that I'm yeah. making no <laughs> money here I just it just doesn't bother me that much I enjoy the game there are already billboards there when mm-hmm. I first started the game I used to go around and look at all of them and it was kind of like oh, okay mm-hmm. I'll go around and look at them again and see what they're doing it's not that big of a deal. It's not going to stop me when I'm heading to a mission. I'm going to go. It's not going to distract me and cause me to die during an ambush. I'm going to yeah. keep rolling. So I'm one of those, and I think I get it from you now, being around you so long. I kind of roll with the punches more, and, mm. you know, I'll just turn it off if I don't like yeah. it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Everybody can turn it off. Yeah. I'm grateful that they're making it optional without causing a fee. That's mm-hmm. all. Then we are going to move on. Feel free to comment to us in the comment section. On the, on the, um, you can either call in and do all that stuff, but we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. As long as you're not yelling at us, calling us noobs. <laughs> I put that caveat in. And then we have Power Set prolifer- prolifer- <laughs> Proliferation. It's getting late, kittens. Uh, we've got someone saying, I'm guessing the numbers behind the Psy Mind Powers will be tweaked downward to balance the set. And then they got a response, fix that for you from Castle. And then we have um, from Evil Ryu. So unless you are talking like less than defender level damage, I just don't see how. Damage will suck so bad, no one will want to play it anyways. And Castle replies, Psychic Shockwave for Dominators is an AoE power, which does damage as if it is a single target power. For Blasters, this will not be the case. The AoE divisor will be in place. In other words, divide damage by 4.75. Later in the same thread says, Does this mean 100% ice armor slash ice melee will go to brutes 
scrappers, and stalkers, broadsword, katana, regen, SR, and ninjutsu will go to tankers. Are there any taboos? I ask more about balance issues. And Castle's reply is, The plan, so far as I know, is for all appropriate sets to be ported in one form or another. So eventually, melee types should have access to all the melee sets. Caveat, I'm pushing for stalkers not to get the shield set since the powers as planned don't work too well, thematically or practically. Buff and debuff archetypes should have access to the powers in all the buff slash debuff sets, even if they look and sound slightly different in some cases, etc. Hmm. So I guess that they're talking about like electricity being ported over to villain side is going to be red instead of blue. Mm-hmm. Not that that's what he's talking about specifically, but just as an example of them looking slightly different. Mm. What does this plan mean, really? Buy stock and Tylenol. I'll single-handedly be increasing their profitability. Well, maybe not single-handedly. I'm sure the new guys will be pulling their hair out, too. This is Castle talking about (laughs) the new hires. And then caveat number two, plans are subject to change. Schedules have not been drawn up yet, so this could not happen. This post is not a promise. And then we've got a thread. um, Villain epic archetype required to have Arachnos outfit. Mm-hmm. And the question is, uh, the quote here is, any chance you can make a guy in jeans or maybe a three-foot-tall rat with robotic arms? <laughs> Castle's reply is, required costume, yes and no. Your first costume slot has to be arachnose armor. Additional slots will allow more flexibility, though. And then we have a post on April 3rd from Castle. Abusive, in parentheses, bases. Ever done a base raid against someone who had a base set up in such a way that it was nearly impossible to reach the IOP? items of power, or one that was set up in a particularly effective defensive manner. Think your base is nearly unbeatable? Let me know. I want to grab copies of bases that you guys think match the above criteria so they can be analyzed and our tools improved. Also, if for whatever reason you don't feel comfortable posting in this thread, feel free to PM me. Thanks. And again, that was from Castle. Mm. This caused a ton of ton of concern over whether or not some techniques that players were using in their mm-hmm. base design would be revealed and therefore be nerfed. Some people right. even called them, you know, exploits. I don't know that they're exploits, but, you know, whatever. So another statement in this thread is um, regarding abusive bases. Um, Our goal is to make base building easier. I'm honestly not trying to trick anyone into giving me info on how they're using bugs. We're trying to eliminate bugs and hopefully make it easier for folks to make their bases cool. Maybe that means adding a height tool, so instead of stacking desks, you can place things at height using the editor. It may not mean that. As I mentioned, this is a research project, but again, the goal is not to annoy you guys. It's to make things easier. So people are really worried that they're going to get their base editing nerfed. It's already... Kind of a tricky system yeah. to do base design. There's a lot of limitations. Mm-hmm. And so people have come up with these pretty fascinating trip tricks to get around it. And now they're afraid that those things are going to be, quote, nerfed. So right. that they can't get away with it anymore. And then we have a thread called Paraset Proliferation Frequently Asked Questions that was posted on April 3rd. And it's from Dr. What's his name? Brainiac? Brainstorm? Dr. Brainstorm. <laughs> Brainiac. <laughs> Uh, He says, last week, my great discovery was unveiled to you all, but many of you had some pressing questions. And so he's going to answer them here. Any chance of finding out what all powers are in mental manipulation? And he lists subdual, mind probe, telekinetic thrust, psychic scream, build up, drain psyche, world of confusion, scare, psychic shockwave. 
And then he also gives a description of each of those. I think we should mm. just link to this in the yeah, show notes. Yeah, yeah, Because it's pretty lengthy. And then someone says, I would like to see a red name explain why heroes get cold and therm and villains get double storm. Originally, Castle only wanted to allow nine power sets to be shifted around, while others wanted to open things up more completely. Um, they eventually decided to compromise on which sets were proliferated and which would be delayed to future episodes. Mm-hmm. Sets were chosen, which were easy to port across, and tried to fill thematic holes where appropriate. Balance was mainly a factor in which sets not to port immediately. Things like kinetics for masterminds would be extremely dangerous to port directly. Many changes would need to be done to make that one work. The same can be said with moving illusions to masterminds as a primary power set. Ultimately, it came down to what would be fun, but not too game-breaking. And then they went through that. Mm-hmm. Why no imp for corruptors? Empathy isn't a villainous trait, generally speaking. From a fiction standpoint, it will likely never be given to villains as a set. Mm, let's see. If we were to add an empathy-like set, it would need to be all new and not a port of it. And so it fell out of the scope of Issue 12's power set proliferation, and that's why it wasn't included. Mm-hmm. What if testing proves a set port didn't work in mass like Ice Brutes and COV Beta? Um, if it doesn't work, what's the plan? If something doesn't work, we'll adjust it, rebuild it, or cut it, depending on what needs to be done. I don't suspect this will happen in most cases. Another question is, is the Corruptor version of Electric Blast going to be colored red to match the theme of villain electricity? Of course, and I already said that. <laughs> they even get their own version of Full Take Sentinel. Which will be, I'm uh-huh. curious to see what that looks like, if it's just red or if it's different. And then any red name want to come out and let us know if Electric Electric Tank is going to be added. Castle said, no, never. And Positron said, yes, do it. In the end, the decision <laughs> of which sets to give everyone bounced back and forth multiple times. The next question is, why did Castle say no? At the time, he wanted each archetype to keep certain sets so they were only found on that archetype. Ninjutsu for stalkers, electric, electric for brutes, ice, ice for tankers. Ultimately, that concept was set aside later in the process, but some aspects of it remained in the initial passive proliferation. I actually think that's an intriguing idea, that if you want that particular combination, you have to do that set, that build, that archetype, is Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. I think that's kind of intriguing. But I guess when you're trying to appease the masses, <laughs> trying to pick right. what that one be that would stay with that archetype would be would be kind of difficult. Oh, yeah. And then that was all from Dr. Brainstorm. And then we have on April 4th the announcement that we've all been waiting for. I-12 closed beta starting next week. Ooh. <gasps> closed. Yeah, closed. Very closed from entering, the sounds of it. Yeah, entering closed beta testing for midnight hour, I-12. Giving advance notice because training room test servers will become unavailable for the duration of the closed beta. Anticipating that it will last for several weeks, we know that many are excited to participate. However, the initial pool of closed testers is considerably smaller than previous closed betas. We are starting the beta with NCNC friends and family and NCSoft employees. And we will be adding additional testers as the beta test progresses and as the needs of development dictate. The purpose of the closed beta is to provide focused playtesting and data mining along with feedback to assist the development team in polishing I-12's feature set. We've uh, had a very productive internal alpha test cycle. At this point in development, we feel that a small controlled player group is more manageable and generally productive to the alternative of opening up the beta to anyone. Rest assured that we will open up the beta to everyone who is interested later in the development cycle. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
One point of note regarding the training room test server, as we mentioned in the article on i12's improved character creator, anyone who is interested will still be able to access the beta characters' select and creation screens, so you'll be able to check out those new improvements without actually being in the beta. If you haven't configured your game client to connect to the training room previously, and you want to set that up now, visit, and then there's a link how to get on the test server. Mm -hmm. And then there's an edit. Actual number display of powers at the character select screen will be disabled for closed beta as new powers are still being refined. okay. So look at them to return an open beta. So that's it for the news. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then come back and do a little bit of question and answer. Okay. And then a mini feature. Mini. You could kind of call it a featurette. Fusionet. No, featurette. <laughs> Way less maintenance than Fusionet. All right. <laughs> Be right back. You've entered the twisted mind of Scott Sigler. You've descended into the inner darkness of Phil Rossi. Now... Journey into the imagination of T. Morris. This is Moravi Remastered. The world's first podcast novel, reimagined with a new soundtrack, restored scenes, and the voice talents of Leanne Mabry, Christiana Ellis, Philippa Ballantyne, and George Harab. And the podcast continues in the fall of 2008, with Legacy of Moravi. And in 2009, with an original podcast anthology, The Dragon Clan of Moravi. A project so sweeping in scope, an adventure so epic in scale, it takes two ballsy voiceover professionals to cut the promo. Moravi Remastered. Pirates. Ninjas. And one hell of a good time. Subscribe at www.moravi.net and enjoy the ride. Over on our site, we had created our forums, mm-hmm. and in the forums, we created a spot to put in show ideas. Yeah. So any topics that people want. And there's been a few that uh, don't really fill a whole episode. They're kind of what I would consider more follow-up questions. Right. And so we wanted to cover a couple of them real quick because yeah. they're not terribly long. And and I think they're good for new players or casual, more new players. But, mm-hmm. you know, that it definitely is a question that should be addressed. And they're small enough that we can squeeze them in here. Yeah. Kind of this first one kind of fills holes left in one of our earlier episodes right. as well become apparent. And this was posted by Kung Fu Man. Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote, I just have a suggestion. Didn't know if you could do a show on how many total powers a hero gets. I have seen in the book it maxes out at 20 total. Of course, I realized this after a few poor choices. <laughs> mm. I'm still not sure if the 20 includes power pool powers. Help. I know you can choose them all again at a certain level, but this advice would be helpful to someone just starting out. And Vivid replied that 
we did an episode on powers, which was actually spread out over episode four and episode 4.5, where we discussed powers in general, and we went into temporary powers and just everything Inherent having to do with powers. powers. Yeah. And, uh, and Viv did note that don't think it specific, you know, addressed your specific question regarding the total number and choosing them again, which we're guessing is respec. Mm-hmm. And Kung Fu Man replied, thanks for your reply. Finished the show, the, the episode 4 and 4.5. And although it did provide a lot of good info, my question was left out. That's okay, though, because now you have a reason to do another show <laughs> that I'll listen to. Aww. And so in answer, there within the game, throughout your career, you get a total of 24 powers right. that you choose. Mm-hmm. So you start off when you create your character, you get to pick two off the bat, one from your primary and one from the secondary. Mm-hmm. And then for every even level up to level 32, you mm-hmm. get to pick a power. Right. So two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, 12, up to et 32. cetera, up to 32. And then you get one every third level mm-hmm. from 35 to 47. And you get to pick your final one at 49. So right. it's kind of not a third, but two. Yeah. Every other one of those that I didn't mention, you get to pick slots. Mm-hmm. And the number of slots depends. It starts out with just two at a time. And then at some it point, it changes up. to three. Right. Now, these 24 total powers, that includes pool powers. Mm-hmm. It includes the epic powers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't include temporary powers or Inherent. you know, inherents. Right. Yeah, there's the brawl and... Yeah. Yeah, that are inherent rest and Or your sprint. vet reward power. Those don't count into this. Right. The vet reward powers, they're, they're more than temporary powers because you get to keep them forever, but they are special. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, they don't count. So as far as training up, it's mm-hmm. 24 total. And it's not restricted to pool. It's not restricted to, you know, your uh, primary. primary and secondary. Yeah. Right. There is a point where if you picked strictly your primary and secondary you could do that and just go back and forth up to like level 20 something and then you actually hit a wall and you have to take a pool power but you wouldn't have to take very many pool powers if you didn't really want to Mm -hmm. well you do end up with if you were to take every one of your if you were to take all nine primary Mm -hmm. and all nine secondary that's only 18 so you do have to go to either pool or epic Mm -hmm. to fill out so Yep. And so to the statement, I know you can choose them all again at a certain level. Right. There is, it is true that to earn a respec Mm -hmm. through the respec trials, the first trial is a minimum level of 24. Right. So you would have to be 24 to actually do the trial to get the respec. But there are a few that you get that they give now and then as freebies. Mm -hmm. You know, we call them free specs. And you can earn them as veteran rewards. Mm-hmm. So, but if you don't get those the the those two ways, mm-hmm. either the free spec or the vet rewards, yeah. then once you hit twenty four, you don't automatically get a respec. Right. And you can also get a respec token as a as a drop. Oh, that's right. That's new. The rare yeah. Recipe. yeah. That's right. So there's actually four ways: the trial, the that's recipe, right. the vet rewards, and the free spec. Mm-hmm. But once you hit 24, you don't automatically get a respec. You actually have to run the trial in Terra Volta. Mm-hmm. And the contact's an independence port, and you can just go on any port and say, I'm right. looking for respec. And I'm sure there's always people trying to find yeah. respec teams. And so you run this pretty brief trial. If you're on a good team, you can run it in an hour less. 
If you're not on a good team, then you're going to see a green glow in the reactor, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have to start over. It'll yeah. fail, but um, it's a fun trial to run anyways, yeah. even if you have to run it a couple of times to get your respect. And so you become eligible to run it at 24. Mm-hmm. You're eligible to run it again at 34. You can run it however often, well, I mean, whenever earn... you want. The first, there's three of them, though. You've got the levels that you can earn XP on them are levels. Mm-hmm. The first one's 24. And mm-hmm. the cap for that one is 33. And that one's against Sky Raiders. Mm-hmm. And then the second or the second level is 34 to 43, and that's against Freak Show. And then the next level is 44 to 50, and that's against... Rickty. Right, Rickty. That's right. I always draw a blank on that one. And I prefer the Freak Show. I do, too, because they don't teleport <laughs> out of the room. Both the... Rick D and the Sky Raiders have dudes mm-hmm. that teleport out. And there's a, sometimes when you run, I mean, we've run it a bunch of times. Sometimes when you run it, they'll teleport out and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and it never comes back. So then right. you have to go chase the Gotta go find them. Down. Yeah. So you can run it at those levels. You can yeah. run it at any, you know, anywhere mm-hmm. in that range, but mm-hmm. you can only actually earn the respect a total of three times. Right. And it doesn't matter which one you do it in. So you could be a level 50 and a level 24 could get the respec and you could jump in with them mm-hmm. and you'll be fighting the, the Sky Raiders, Sky Raiders but uh-huh. you will still earn your, your level 44 token. Um, it's more one, two, three. If you're right. a level 50, you can run all three of the respecs right. at the first trial against Sky right. Raiders and you'll get your first, second and third yeah. badges and respecs. But if you're, you know, if you get it at 24 and then you run it again at like 28, you don't get another one because you're no. not eligible yet. Right. You have to wait until you get into that second right. level range. If you're working your way down, exemplaring down, mm-hmm. then you can earn them all no right. problem. If, right. you, if you go up, you still only get that one. Yeah. So there is a cap. So there is a kind of level restriction, right. but it's not an automatic. You got to yeah. earn it. And there is a cap on how many you can earn. So you can only ever get three. Through those trials, you can get some as vet rewards. You can get some that they give as free specs. And now, of course, you can get them as drops. Right. And those you could use on a level one if right. you wanted to. You could oh. respect your level one. But. I have not even checked the prices of those. <laughs> it's just like, well, you know they're going for like 50 million. Right. <laughs> so um, hopefully that covers all of the mm-hmm. various power questions. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we cover all kinds of other stuff in that episode four that um, covers everything else about powers. Right. And there was a question posted uh, by our friend Rich. Yeah. It's actually a suggestion. He knew the answer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is something we had played with a long Uh, time ago um, that one of us had dug up on somewhere. So Rich writes, clicking on people walking around often gets some random info as well as useful info. Let's hear a podcast about their names and what info you can expect from certain names. So it means it's basically bothering the citizens of Paragon City. Clicky, clicky. <laughs> so, you know, there's always people walking up and down the streets. and Civilians. So, civilians. And they all have different names. And so actually in our forum, Center Saint had replied and had pulled from GameAmp this topic with a bunch of examples. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much what the individual's names are it's more what their name starts with what letter what letter right mm-hmm. and so he had a whole bunch and, and then viv had gone through a paragon wiki article that had the same information 
though that didn't have them all, didn't have all the same letters, and she actually went in game and verified mm-hmm. which ones did and didn't work. And I remember when we had first found this that some of them didn't work, right. and I didn't realize they weren't supposed to. I thought something was broken. Oh yeah. Um, but so apparently they had been disabled at some point, and or maybe they had never. I don't know. So quickly, what they are. Anybody whose name starts with an E, so an Edward or... Any civilian NPC wandering around. Not like a person that you level up to or a person... (laughs) The F field analyst? No, that doesn't work. (laughs) These are just the people wandering around. Mm -hmm. So if you see an Eileen or an Eduardo, (laughs) click on them, and they will tell you what the real world time is. Which is basically going to give you the server time. Mm-hmm. For wherever that server is. Right. East Coast, West Coast, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody whose name starts with an F will give you the current in-game time, the Paragon City time. Mm-hmm. Uh, G's give you the number of heroes in your current zone. Mm-hmm. H's give random names of heroes in your current zone. M's will give total elapsed time your char- your current hero has been played since his creation. Mm-hmm. So it's like doing a slash played. N gives the total number of times your current hero has logged in. O, the elapsed time you have been logged in that day with that current hero. And then there's a couple more that don't really work, so... Don't bother reading them. Yeah. I was horrified (laughs) when I went in to verify. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I really appreciate Center Saint posting that, but, um, you know... I wanted to verify it through mm-hmm. another source, which is what I usually double, triple, quadruple check stuff if I yeah. can. I was really horrified when I went through and I clicked on M, which tells you the total hours of game your char- your character, the one that you're on right then has been in game. Mm-hmm. 1,125 <laughs> hours. And I was shocked. And I said, well, I wonder how many days that is. <laughs> 46 days of my life in the wow. last not even two years have been spent on this one <laughs> level 50 character. I feel like she should be a level 100 after 46 days. Wow. Is that horrifying or what? I was shocked. Hmm. So then we also thought, well, I kind of sprang this on Chooch. Because the faction spotlight that we were doing, Mm -hmm. um, those tend to be a good 20, 30 minutes or something like that. And I get the feeling that nobody enjoyed those as much as I did. (laughs) I really enjoyed getting the background history and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So we kind of stopped that because our times were running long blah 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 so i thought about it and i liked the spotlight and i came up with doing an accolade spotlight because it seems like that's something that new players don't figure out Mm -hmm. right away and the benefit is can be you know pretty pretty big benefit to you yeah so of course the first one that i chose to do and chooch agreed thank you chooch Mm-hmm. was to do the Atlas Medallion because mm-hmm. it's really the one that you can get the first. Yeah. The, I'm sorry. It's really the first one that you can get. It's yeah. getting late here, kittens. Um, so let's just talk about that. The accolade itself, the description from Paragon Wiki, through the might of Atlas, one of the greatest heroes in Paragon City's history, you have gained plus five to your maximum endurance total. Mm-hmm. So when you have your character... You have 100 endurance. Yeah, that's all you can ever have and never increases. It's not like your hit points that increase as you level up. Right. 
it's only ever going to be 100 unless you do something like this and you get a plus five. So then your endurance is 105. And yes, mm -hmm. that little five has saved my butt before. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you get an inherent power when you acquire the badge. Um, it's, again, plus five max endurance. And it says that earning the Atlas Medallion has granted you a permanent increase to your max endurance by five. You don't toggle anything on. It's just always there. Mm -hmm. It's like an inherent power. Right. And to get it, you have to obtain the following badges. The um, Exploration Top Dog Badge, and that's the one that's up on top of the Atlas statue mm -hmm. in the middle of the Peach Pit on top and Atlas the globe. Park. Right up on top of that globe. And so that's the exploration badge that you need. And then you need the pupil badge, which is a history badge. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were to look at your badge tab, it's, you know, exploration, history, veteran, right. you know, achieved achievement and accolades and all that stuff. So, um, but this is one of the history badges and they take patience to get because you basically have to go around clicking on the plaques. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's a couple of them in a lot of different zones. Oh, there's many, many, many. There's a total, I think I'm going to go on from my brain here, which I'm probably going to be wrong. I think it's 16 history badges. Mm -hmm. And you literally, for me, it's easier to go to a zone, click all the plaques, go to the next zone, right. click all the plaques instead of trying to Just go make and sure get you them. Have them covered. Oh, yeah. Because there's nothing that says, okay, you've clicked this many plaques in King's Row. Mm -hmm. It doesn't give you any idea yeah, to tick it off. There's no counter. And there are more plaques than you need for just pupil. Right. There's, there's different plaques that of, that relate to other badges. Right. Okay, so the, the history badge is pupil. The plaques that you need for the pupil badge, there's five of them. There's one in Atlas Park. There's one in Galaxy City. There's two in King's Row, and there's one in Perez Park. And it's really difficult for me to try and give you this information over the podcast. But I can put a link to this in mm -hmm. the show notes. So just click on that link, and it'll give you the coordinates of those different plaques. So if you are using video maps, or if there's another uh, map overlay system that you use, then you will see on that overlay the locations of the different plaques. And there's even, for video maps, I know there's a certain numbering system like A1, A2, A3. And I think the A's are all for the pupil badges, which is what you need for the Atlas Medallion. Mm -hmm. If you don't, then again, use the show notes that we're going to put up there with the link to this, and it'll show you the coordinates in each of those four zones for the five plaques, because it's four zones, but there's two plaques in King's Row for a total of five. Mm -hmm. And then you also need to get the Atlas Medallion. So you need the Top Dog Badge Exploration. You need the Pupil Badge History, which is the plaques. You also need the Spelunker Badge, which is an accomplishment badge that you get from running the um, Save the Fortune Teller. Fortune Teller, yeah. Right. And that mission you actually get from either Dr. Trevor Seaborn, Hugo Redding, or Haley Phillips. And so you'll run that chain, and it's usually one of the first ones that I get. Mm -hmm. You'll run that chain until you get to the save, you know, Esmeralda or whatever the fortune teller of that particular one is, because it gives different the names. The name changes, yeah. Right. Um, so you'll run that, you'll get that badge. And then there's two other accomplishment badges that you need. One of them is Silver Bullet Badge, which is to defeat 100 werewolves, mm -hmm. warwolves. And then there's the Slayer Badge, which is to defeat 100 cancel vampires, vampire. Mm -hmm. 
And we found that if you don't naturally, because I don't like the council missions, they get really tiresome, (laughs) really a grind to run those. They're my least favorite story arcs in the entire game because they're the same maps over and over and over and over again. And that stupid water room, I swear to God. The bases are just really difficult to maneuver around. They're caves. And it's hard to find the people you need to defeat. I really dislike those. I don't mind the actual faction. I mind mm-hmm. the maps. Yeah. Um, so we found, because we tend to avoid those mission arcs, that running the, um, you, either the um, the Hess Task Force helps. Ernesto Hess. Uh, or the Moonfire mm-hmm. Task Force, which Moonfire doesn't count anything towards any accolades itself. It's just another honorary Peacebringer badge mm-hmm. kind of thing you can get. But it does give you a lot, 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 lot of counsel to defeat. And yeah. if you don't have all that you need when you start that, if you've gotten any progress on those bars at all when you start mm-hmm. Moonfire, then you will likely get those two badges on that task force. And you can also run around Striga yeah. and take out werewolves and vampires. Yeah, that's true. It's, so you could just street hunt. But you don't get a badge at the end of it. If yeah. you run Hess or you run Moonfire, then you get that plus a badge. Yeah, it's kind of like two birds, one stone. Yeah, so... Anyways, that's our little accolade spotlight, Atlas Medallion. We really start on that as early as possible, running mm-hmm. Spelunker and, you know, knocking out those yeah. werewolves and vampires as early as possible. So hopefully that information will be useful. Again, we'll link to the show notes to the Paragon Wiki page. And so we had decided that rather than going through feedback, yeah, we are going oh to do gosh. a dedicated feedback episode right you guys have given us so much wonderful feedback through itunes reviews mm-hmm. and we even got a funny voice <laughs> and so many comments that we can't even we can't fit those into this episode so we're gonna do like you said episode 20 will be feedback mm-hmm. and that's all it's gonna be unless some really super hot news comes out yeah that's all it's gonna be so if you send us something and you want to hear your name now again this is for the comments on the <laughs> site this isn't forums we're not gonna yeah we're not going to go forums. through and read the forum posts they've had a lot of activity it's a lot of yeah. fun but that's way too voluminous to to go through yeah. now and then we might pick one out if something really funny comes up but but in general we're not going to read all of yeah. those and uh yeah and i encourage folks to go to the forums it's a lot of fun we've got some great folks there that are posting we've got nail bunny has got a vg on guard now freedom server that he's invited you know folks to mm-hmm. and we've picked the guardian server for our meetup we yeah. just have to pick a date that we're going to announce but we do put that information more into the forums and there's a great back and forth the only thing that i would ask is something that's come up a couple of times mm-hmm. um in the show suggestions forum mm-hmm. part of it when somebody posts a suggestion if you think that's a good idea to do a show on please you know slash sign or you know, agreed or whatever. Or expand on the question. Yeah. You want something more specific. But we do ask that you not reply. And don't answer the questions. Right. Because, (laughs) and it's happened a couple of times now where through the goodness of their heart and their great knowledge base, somebody Mm -hmm. will answer the question. And then it's almost like, well, they covered that. And I don't know that you know it's it kind of (laughs) messes with our sauce so to speak we're pretty happy with the fact that we have an idea we research it our way and then we present it our way Mm -hmm. and we don't really want to mess with the sauce so to speak and we left that transparent um so that people could 
speak up if they want to hear it too. Right. We don't really want to hide that, which is how it was before when we were getting stuff people wouldn't know until after we did mm-hmm. it. But we really do like getting the comments back after we do the episode. So yeah. please keep that up. But if we could keep the show suggestion area kind of clean of information, just keep it for, you know, think of it as a suggestion box. Stuff goes in right. and you don't see it. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll we'll do the episode and, and uh, hopefully answer to the best of our ability. And then, by all means, jump all over and correct us and, yeah. and add things yeah. that, that uh, you have found helpful to that topic. Because this is a learning experience for yeah. us, too. Kind of like the oil slick thing. I yeah. never would have thought. <laughs> never in a million years would I have thought. Mm-hmm. So that was a really great thing to learn and for us to share with everybody. So yeah. we do love getting those comments back after we've done an episode. Yeah. The forum's more of just a cool place for everybody to hang out and chit-chat and figure out social stuff, you know, when you want to mm-hmm. meet up and things like that. It's great fun. And the galleries yeah. are, <laughs> we've got a lot of cool pictures <laughs> in the galleries, too. Yeah, I wanted to say real quick, one of the suggestions, because there's there's the show suggestion spot, and right. then there's the site suggestion spot to right. say, how could we enhance our website? How could we enhance the forum mm-hmm. to make it you know more useful? And I think one of a, re- a really good suggestion, which was Neuroshade, I believe, was to have a section dedicated to online status. You know, through some of the third-party applications, you can have a little banner that says whether you're currently online or not. Right. And if you are currently online, what character are you playing? What server are you on? Mm -hmm. And so we will put them all on one page. Mm -hmm. So anybody who chooses to put their their banner up there, people can stop in and see where you're at and see who you're playing and, and get together. And, and, and have fun playing. And it seems like it's something that you can pick and choose what characters. Yeah, That's absolutely. What some, I think maybe Nail Bunny replied. Yeah, I was going through my profile just today, and I was able to hide specific characters, mm-hmm. character by character basis. And you can choose whether to hide your global or not. You don't have to have it show your global to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could turn it on if you choose to, if, you know, if, if you, you want people to find to. you easier. Yeah. It's very so, flexible. Yeah. So we're having a lot of fun there. I'm checking in there a couple times a day, and it's a hoot. Yeah. And just to be clear, I haven't created that page yet, but I really like the idea, and so I will a, create it. It will come. <laughs> probably not this week. <laughs> yeah, probably not this week. But, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of some different ways to do it. Yeah. So that's what's so. going on. If you guys would like to comment back to us, either, of course, at the um, – at the website, cohpodcast.com, mm-hmm. or you can send an email to cohpodcast at gmail.com, mm-hmm. or give us a call on our voice line at our new voice line number, right. uh, 206-333-3206. Yep. And of course, at the website, you can find the forums, uh-huh. uh, a forum gallery. link in the gallery, and they're all tied together now, so same username, same password. Yeah. It looks <laughs> great, though, babes. You did a Thank great you. job. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm loving it. I'm kind of hooked on it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, come join us. Let's interact. Yeah, hang out with us. And uh, so we'll get that feedback episode to you soon. Mm -hmm. Until then. Happy hunting, heroes. (laughs) And villains. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys.
This podcast, its hosts, and websites are not in any way affiliated with NCSoft, Cryptic Studios, or City of Heroes. All views expressed are solely of the hosts and their guests. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License, which is explained in detail at cohpodcast.com. Good hunting, heroes.